and welcome. You have joined the Better Not Perfect podcast, and my name is Dr. Shea Butler. I'm an author of the book, Better Not Perfect, From Hot Mess to Life Success, A Woman's Guide to Learning, Loving, and Being Herself Unapologetically. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about this, the first of our podcast episodes. Thank you to all of you who have purchased the book. And for those of you who are new to the Better Not Perfect movement, welcome. And I hope that after today's podcast that you too may want to buy the book and follow our guide to how we can all work collectively to get better and drop this notion of perfection. So let me tell you a little bit about the podcast and a little bit about me. Let's jump right in. So I, in addition to being an author, I am a speaker, now a podcast host. I'm an executive turned entrepreneur, and I'm a wife and a mom of three children. And I'm just so excited to bring this book to you and to bring this conversation to you. So we're going to go on a journey, and this is really a journey of healing. People ask me, you know, Dr. Shea, which is what um, my students call me and those who know me best, they said, Dr. Shea, like, why why did you write this book, this very raw, transparent, and authentic tell all story? And it is. I put it out there, y'all. I put all my business in the street for lack of a better word. And why? I did it because I felt the need after mentoring, sponsoring, and coaching so many women, and some men too, I found that we're all sort of living this life and having shared experiences, shared trauma, shared issues. Yet, we don't know that others are struggling with some of the same things that we are and others have answers within them about how they got through, how they made it over, how they got free. And really, if you want to know what Better Not Perfect is about, it's about freedom, free from and free to. It's about freedom from shame, from trauma, and from perfectionism. And this well-known pandemic that's plaguing women across the globe called imposter syndrome. How do we get free from these things and really live authentically? But it's also about freedom too. How do we get free to learn ourselves so that we can love ourselves, so that we can show up and be ourselves unapologetically? So that's what Better Not Perfect is about. That's what the podcast is about. It's about opening up some of what's in the book, sharing some lessons, hearing from some of the readers, which will be incorporated. And later on, we'll even hear from a special guest. So I'm really excited about today and about the launch. So thank you for joining me. And um, we're going to do this weekly. This is season one. And if you like it, we'll be back. And we'll bring some more guests with us in the next season. Let's jump right in. So, Better Not Perfect, Chapter 1. Now, first thing you must know about the book is that it is memoir and it is tell-all. But I start Chapter 1 
not at the beginning of my life, but right smack dab in the middle, the middle of where I am now. So I start with me at 28 and a half. And chapter one is titled A Hot Mess, because that is truly what I was. And I also start each chapter sharing the lyrics of a song that I think best reflects where I was at that time and period in my life. So the lyrics for chapter one, I will share with you, come from chairman of the board, O Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra, Francis Frank Sinatra, and his song, My Way. And I chose, the record shows, I took the blows and did it my way. And my way, everyone, truth be told, was a hot mess. So let me tell you, Dr. Shay, before she was Dr. Shay, when she was Shay Brown, at 28 and a half, was messy. I had achieved in certain areas of my life and in other areas of my life, the personal, the relational, the marital. I aspired to have success in those areas, but I kept hitting a brick wall. So really chapter one is about what was going on. I tell some real, sometimes funny, sometimes sad, um, crazy stories about what was happening in my life at that time that was really causing me to act out in ways that were just not in the best interest of myself or the goals that I had set for myself. So I start off talking about, you know, this decision to just do it my way. I knew what I wanted. I had um, achieved. I had some degrees under my belt. I had launched a successful career. But I also saw that I was like barreling fast to this age of 30, the magical age of 30. And in my generation, maybe this isn't so much the case today, but I could tell you in my era, in my culture, amongst my community, to be coming up on 30 and still be single was an indictment to maybe there was actually something wrong with you. Like, why couldn't you find love? Why didn't you have success in all areas of your life? And so I spent a lot of time comparing myself to other people. You probably never do that, right? Those social media posts that you see that make you want to gag, like everyone looks like they just have it all together. And so while social media wasn't prevalent during that time, I was watching the lives of those around me and I felt incomplete. I felt like a failure, even though I had achieved so much. And the feelings that I kept inward started to pop out in the most unattractive and unexpected of ways. You know, I share a story in chapter one in which I went hanging out with a, a friend, guy friend. We went clubbing and man, what a wreck I was that night. You know, I started like pre-gaming and drinking before we hit the club. So by the time we got to the club, I was already just, just drunk out of my mind, you know, and I was a mess. I mean, literally my friend had to babysit me the entire night to make sure I didn't just get swept up by some bad character, you know? And 
when we got home, when I took me back to my apartment to make sure I made it home safe and actually even stayed, slept sitting up in a chair to make sure I didn't like die of alcohol poisoning or something. Well, he didn't just stay because he was worried about my safety. He stayed to really tell me about myself and tell me how disappointed he was and how angry he was and how ridiculous I was the night before. I mean, so imagine me standing over a sink, head pounding, dry mouth, hangover, upset stomach, and I'm just getting yelled at by my friend who's like, you know what, Shay, last night you were just awful. You know, I said some choice words. He said some choice words uh, that are in the book. But what stands out to me the most, he said, man, you were just like, I don't like you when you drink. You're desperate. I could just feel desperation oozing out of you and anger and bitter. And I was like, whoa, okay, dude, you're crossing my boundaries here. Like no, no go zone here, you know, but he went there. He went there and I was not ready to receive it. Kicked him out. Go. If you feel that way, don't hang out with me anymore. Wasn't ready to hear it. I was still committed to doing it my way. And what was reflected is that what was coming out of me when I was drunk was really reflected of what was inside me at the time. Disappointment, shame, just discouragement that I didn't have what I wanted or what I thought I deserved at that point in my life. And it was just, I was a negative person. I was just full of drama. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why I couldn't attract any good people toward me. You know, it's like my friends were a mess at that time, other than the one who actually found the courage to tell me about myself. And my relationships were messy. And I had no idea why. And then I learned why. I was representing what was inside me. The negativity that was inside me was a negativity I was attracting. That was it. I was attracting what I was. And I had to come to terms with that, like face to face, <laughs> be willing to accept that, you know. And after a series of more incidents that I talk about in the book, there was a reckoning. There was a reckoning that I had to do something different. I lived my life this way for another year and a half or so until I hit 30 and 30 came and went, and I say in the book, I didn't turn into a pillar of salt, you know, the biblical reference <laughs> to the woman that looked back, and she should have been moving forward. I looked back, and there I was at 30, and I said, something's got to give, girl. You can't keep living like this. You got to change. If something good is going to happen in your life, you've got to be the change you're looking for. There's no Calvary coming, and maybe there's no man coming either. So if you plan to live the rest of your life, the 80 plus years we've been granted on average, if it's going to be alone, shouldn't you like the person you're living with, the you that you're living with? And so I had a new agenda. 
I had to stop and reflect and think about how was I going to live with this mess, <laughs> this messy, messy person. And I didn't want to be that. I was sick of that. You know, there's that phrase, you know, get sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I was tired of the hangovers, tired of the flawed relationships, tired of this, you know, double life. And um, I knew I needed something different. So what did I do? First things first, I reconnected with the faith of my youth, which was very different than um, this notion of, of, for me, it was Christianity, but it was very different than the, the church life that I grew up with and the religion piece of it. No, that didn't quite work for me. And you'll find out why uh, in the next episode when I talk a little bit about the journey I've been on, which included um, teen parenthood. So I share this in the book and throughout the story. I was pregnant at 13, baby at 14, and I was part of a very religious institution. And that really was not a good space and place to be a teenager and pregnant and what it did to me and the trauma it caused me. And that was in many ways at the root cause of my decision to overachieve and be a perfectionist and need to have everything according to plan by the date it was due, whichever was that timetable on my calendar, my internal clock, my way. Yeah. And I took the blows like Frank, you know, and I thought I was willing to take the blows um, until I wasn't until I realized the cost was too high. It was way too high. And maybe my way wasn't the best way. Maybe there was another way. And so I went in search of the other way. And what that journey meant for me, that journey was me learning myself. Who is this woman? Because before I can love her, I mean, it makes sense, right? Before we love anyone, we got to spend time getting to know them. So I had to take the time to learn who I was. If you would have even asked me my favorite color at that time, I would have had to run to my closet and count how many, because <laughs> I just didn't even have the answer. I didn't even know that. I would have had to run to my closet and figure out how many shirts that I buy in a particular color to even begin to deduce what my favorite color was. If you would have asked me what I enjoyed doing, I probably would have just said work because that's probably all I did at the time. You know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't, I didn't know anything about me really. So I had to take the time to learn who I was at the core, beyond the superficial surface things about my favorite color and my favorite activities. But what are my, what are my pluses? What are my deltas? What is there that's really awesome about Shay? What makes Shay a great friend? What makes Shay a great person? What made Shay a great mom? What made Shay a great daughter? I had to learn. And that was hard because I was so down on myself at the time that it I couldn't even think of a list of what were some good things about me. But I persevered through and I even asked friends, 
what do you, what, what do you like about me? <laughs> you know, it sounds maybe a little desperate and sad. I don't know, but I needed help. I didn't, I needed help because I needed someone to tell me what were the good things inside me when I didn't feel like there was anything good about me. So I asked people who thought that there were some good things about me. And when they said things and had the evidence to back it up, it helped me feel better about myself. And so I went on a journey to learn who I was. And most of what I learned, I began to like. And the things that I learned about myself that I didn't like, I began to think about how I could change and what that change might look like and what that process might be. I realized I had gotten into trouble, worried about my life not being perfect and whether or not the ideal of perfection that others had placed on me or that I had placed on myself was manifested in my life. And so perfect was the danger zone for me. But better, man, better was a space I could live in. Better was a really good space for me. Because I could focus on gradual improvement. I could find small things and make small changes. I could make big changes. The whole point was I wasn't aiming for this notion of perfection. I just wanted to be better. I wanted to feel better. I wanted to live better. I wanted to think better. I wanted to love better. So I learned to drop the perfect and focus on better. So after learning, I began to love who Shay was, the good, the bad, and the all in between. And then gradually I began to heal. And gradually, I began to walk this freedom trail. And what that meant was I began to live more authentically. And I began to lose some of that negativity. And I began to open up my heart. And I began to feel better. And I began to live out the law of attraction. And I began to attract better friends better relationships, and I just felt better about myself. <sighs> so I had to learn, love, and be myself. So that's what chapter one is about. And now we're going to take a moment and we're going to hear from one of the readers of Better Not Perfect, who has a question. So join me and listen hello dr butler this is lydia rivera early from massachusetts my question to you is when did you make the conscious decision to choose self-love and how have that decision impacted and shifted the trajectory of your life great question lydia and thank you so much for submitting well let me first say that choosing self-love is a decision i have to make every day because I have not arrived. I tell everyone that I'm on a journey and Better Not Perfect, the book is really about inviting you all to join me on this journey. So there are some mornings, 
full disclosure, full transparency that I wake up and the first thought out of my mind is something negative. It's what I didn't do. It's what I forgot to do. It's what, I mean, sometimes I, I wake up and I'm, I'm like beating myself up. First thought, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm still working on better. But the self-love piece, I've had to be intentional about that. You know, when you asked me, Lydia, what was the moment, you know, when I chose self-love? I'm glad you said decision, when I made the decision. Because decisions require intentionality. Decisions requires thought and commitment. So when I made the decision, I think it was, you know, I'll give you an example. So one day I'm sitting there and I'm like watching one of my favorite movies, Shawshank uh, Redemption with Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. And I had watched it a bunch of times, but for some reason, when Morgan Freeman said, at some point, you're going to have to make a decision. And I'm paraphrasing, get busy living or get busy dying. I was like, whoa, wow. Okay, let me process this for a moment. I processed it and internalized it and I thought about it in my own life. You know, Shawshank is about their experience in a prison, you know, and being Tim Robbins, Andy Dufresne is his his character, being falsely accused um, and in turn being sent to prison. I made that analogy with my own life. I falsely accused myself of being something I wasn't. You know, I falsely accused myself of just being not worthy of love. And as such, I built a prison around myself. And the bars of my prison were shame and trauma and degradation and a whole list of things that kept me locked in. Blame, self-blame. And I needed to be free. So I had to make a decision just like in the movie. Am I going to take action to get busy living? Or I'm just going to stay in the same frame of mind, make no decision and get busy dying. Because I believe that saying that no decision is a decision. So to decide not to act, to stay the way I was, that wasn't an option for me. So I had to dig deep and find the courage. And it took a lot of courage. You wouldn't think it would take courage to choose self-love. But when that hasn't been your habit, it means changing your life. It means changing your thoughts. It means changing everything sometimes. Sometimes it's changing your environment, changing your friends, changing a lot. But I had to think about it. Well, do you want to get busy living or get busy dying? Chose life and it made all the difference. So I sit here before you today, better, far from perfect, but perfect is no longer the goal. And that is chapter one. A hot mess, no more. I'm on my way and on the path. So join me. Join me in the next episode of Better Not Perfect. And let's continue the conversation and let's continue along this healing journey together because 
We, you and I are so worth it. If you want to hear more, just visit me at www.drshaybutler.com. That's www.drshaibutler.com. There you'll find my social handles and other ways to reach me. And if you have questions too, feel free to submit them because between now and the next episode, which will air next week, I will be going live and I will be posting and I will be continuing the conversation offline and online. So join me there and I look forward to our next visit together. Thank you. Thank you.